Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Every personal, every marital, Every family problem is really a spiritual problem. The only exception would be if God is giving you a trial, then God's working that, he's brought the trial into your life. But every other personal, marital, family problem is really a spiritual problem, and it can be traced back to one thing, my relationship with God. Is it true that a believer's relationship with God affects every single area of their life? Well, today, Pastor Mark challenges listeners that the source for every problem in life is the status of their relationship with Christ. Maybe every area of your life seems to be falling apart these days. Could it be that this is an accurate representation of a neglected walk with the Lord? He desires daily fellowship with you and promises to sustain you through every walk of life. Before you try and fix the problem yourself, first, see if your relationship with the Father needs fixed. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, God Cares for Your Marriage. God created Adam, and then he had this incredible paradise, and he puts Adam into it. Now, what if God would have said, Adam, it's all yours, see ya, and never said anything to Adam, never any instructions, never any, here's how you do it. I mean, Adam doesn't know any, a tree, what's a tree? He doesn't know anything. You know the first thing Adam would have done without instructions from God? He would have taken his sponge and put it in the microwave and blown it up. You see, God doesn't put man on earth and go, have a nice life. No, he leaves us everything we need to know. It's the Bible. And so immediately, immediately in the next verse, God doesn't say to Adam, here you are, plop down, see ya. He commands him. He gives instructions. He begins to say to Adam, here's how you do life. You see, you and I cannot do life without God. But most of our world is doing life without God. So look at the next verse. Look what God says. Verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man. So he's talking with Adam. Here's some instructions. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Adam, you can do this. It's wide open for you, man. Go for it. Verse 17. 
But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, it will blow up your microwave. Did you get it? He gives him not partial truth, but how much? The whole truth. He said, here's some things you can do. Here's one thing you can't do. If you do it wrong, it'll destroy you. That's a good God. That's very clear. Now, what God was saying is, Adam, you can't do life without me. He put into Adam a body, a soul, and a spirit so that Adam could choose to obey God. Notice right away there's a choice. Good tree, bad tree. Adam, it's up to you. Choice. God didn't want robots. He wanted people to obey him because they trusted him. So the most basic relationship at all, of any time, the most basic of all relationships you see on the screen. Here it is. This is the essence of life. It's God connected in relationship with you as an individual, not a group, you. Here's Adam. Here's God. They're talking. They're walking. They're sharing. Adam's listening. He's hearing. And initially, Adam is obeying. So what you need to know this morning, by the way, notice this picture. Here's God and here's man. There's no church. There's no religion. God's not into religion. It's man and God. At the end of time, this is exactly what you'll do. You will stand before God, not with a group of people, but you as an individual, myself included. In Vieira, you will stand before God. This is it. And he'll either be, as I said earlier, your savior or your judge. In other words, you've taken care of your sins or you haven't taken care of your sins. Now, some of you here this morning don't have a personal relationship with God. Some of you in Vieira don't have a relationship with God. Well, you can't do life without God. You just can't do life without God. This morning, you need to write this next statement. We, as people, were created to know God, to worship God, to obey God, to walk with God, and don't forget this, to enjoy God. I mean, it's not like, I gotta go to church, gotta take my dose of poison today. No, it's wonderful to serve God. Wasn't it good just to kneel and serve God this morning? It was beautiful. But it's an enjoyment thing. So if, if that basic relationship in life, you, you can see how clear it is. And the next statement you want to write is simply one that kind of pigtails it. It's this. Man's relationship with God is the key to life and all other relationships. We need to be reminded of the goodness of God. It starts with God. God didn't put man in the garden and go, okay, Adam, fail. I'd like to see you fail. No. God was going to provide every single thing man needed to be successful in his relationship with God and his relationships with others. Now, I want you to see this next screen, and it'll take you a little while to write it. But if you capture the truth that I'm giving you here in Vieira, if you capture it, then you'll understand how life works. 
You can explain this to your children, your grandchildren. Some of you have never learned it yet, but you will learn it this morning. You'll get the whole key. Here it is. Every personal, every marital, every family problem is really a spiritual problem. The only exception would be as if God is giving you a trial. Then God's working that. He's brought the trial into your life. But every other personal, marital, family problem is really a spiritual problem. And it can be traced back to one thing. My relationship with God. When couples come into the office for counseling. And the two of them sit before me and they say they're Christians. I can absolutely guarantee you 100%. If there's a problem in their marriage then one of them, not both necessarily, at least one of them has a problem in their relationship with God. And that problem in relationship with God spreads to every other relationship. If you're a single man and you come into one of the pastor's office and you have a problem with pornography, I can tell you where the problem came from. It didn't come from the internet. It didn't come from these gals. It didn't come from Anna Nicole. Her picture's on, on, the, on the web. It came because your relationship with God is not right. If you come in as a young lady and you've been abusing your body and you're cutting yourself or you're bulimic, it didn't come because of those outside issues. It came because you don't believe that God has created you a beautiful young lady. And you have worth to God. Every one of us have worth to God. So if I'm at work and I'm always losing my temper and I'm angry, it's not my boss. It's not the person next to me. My relationship with God isn't right. So every counseling session that we do, other than a trial like Job or Paul with a thorn in his flesh or whatever, Every counseling session that we do, all the ladies here, Andreen and all the, all the pastors, every counseling session, at the base of it somewhere is a spiritual problem. And it goes back to my, that person's relationship with God. It isn't right. It's bruised. And because of that, every other relationship, horizontally in my life, will be affected. So I want to give you this morning how I, not perfect by any means, but how I keep my relationship with God healthy, how I do it. I want to share my heart with you so that you can understand it's very easy to do. You won't be perfect, but it will help you significantly in your walk with God. So I want you to write this first thing down. Journaling is the daily process, a discipline of examining and evaluating my life in written form. What has to happen in our life is that you and I have to be focusing on our relationship with God first before anything else. Writing helps me focus my thoughts on God. So here's a sheet. Let me show you a journaling sheet. And you don't need to really copy except three things I want you to copy down this morning. The first word is yesterday. The second word is Bible study. The third word is prayer. Just write those three things down. 
You need this. This is how your pastor keeps his relationship with God. So don't, don't sit out there and go, oh, cool. Because when you come in and counsel with me, the very first thing I do, I say to you, how's your relationship with God privately? Well, what does that have to do with what I'm going to tell you? It has everything to do with it. You can't get right until you're right with God. And Satan wants to keep us not right with God. So, this three-ring notebook, and I put regular paper in there, and I write every morning, or most every morning, don't get legalistic. If you, the first word you write is yesterday, and you talk about yesterday. If you miss it a day, you talk about two days. Big deal. You know, God doesn't strike you. You didn't come. What is up with that? I mean, if he did, I wouldn't be here. I don't know who would. You, don't laugh. You wouldn't be here either. So just get your notebook. What do you, when I write yesterday, what do I mean by that? Why do I have to write yesterday? The reason I write yesterday, really Socrates said it best, an unexamined life is not worth living. Let me ask you a question. When we find people that fall into sin, have an affair, get hooked on drugs, get hooked on pornography, all kinds of stuff, their money, can't budget their money, how did that happen? One day they get up in the morning and go, oh, I guess first time this thought ever entered my mind, I'm going to have an affair. I'm going to go on drugs. I'm going to just go out and spend $10,000. I don't have it. I'm just going to do it. No, they didn't do that. It's happened with small, little decisions over a period of time. And yesterday, watch me, watch me, yesterday, when I do yesterday, it stops it cold. Because I have to look at yesterday and go, what did I do looking at that website that I got to accidentally? By the way, Satan makes sure you can get there accidentally. How did I get here? Well, the key is to move away from there. But it's kind of enticing. And then the next day, I have to evaluate what I did. I have to confront myself and say, well, here's what I look at. Let me read it to you. Evaluate people you meet, decisions you made, good or bad, how well you live like Jesus, the use of your time, how you responded to God opening doors. So it's good and bad. You see, a journal is not for public view. It's for you, not for your spouse, not for anybody. My wife can't look at my journal. I can't look at hers. Why? Because there's some things in there I don't want her to see. I only want God to see. If you're going to keep a journal, but you're not going to be honest, forget it. God knows anyway. It's for you. And it's for me. Second word is Bible. You see, I only trust God as much as I know God. And the only way I get to know God is to study his word. That's why Satan wants to keep you out of the Bible. You can get a little devotional. You can get them on the web. Charles Stanley has a great one. Back to the Bible, all kinds of stuff. See, knowing the Bible, studying the Bible is, well, I read 12 verses today. No, you read 12 verses and God spoke to me out of the verse. And then I obeyed. You see, it's no good. The Bible is not given for information. It's given for transformation. You can hear me do everything this morning and go, nice idea, but the line's going to be too long. I'm not going to get in the line up there. Up at VR, well, I don't want to get in the line up there. 
Well, you spend an hour and a half, wasted. Go home, put it in the microwave. (laughs) But you're putting your life in the microwave. You can't do it. Get to a, a place where you can study God's word. By the way, this whole journaling time takes about 15 minutes a day. That's all. And it focuses you starting right. Third, prayer. Under prayer, prayer is simply two-way communication, talking to God. It's just talking back and forth to God. Adam was doing this in the garden. You and I need to do it. And so one of the things I do, because sometimes if I'm, I write my prayers. If you don't want to write your prayers, then uh, pray out loud. If you don't write or you don't pray out loud, when you start praying, guess what you're going to do? You're going to sleep. Anybody here ever started praying and fall asleep? Let me see your hand. The rest of you are lying through your teeth. You see, when I write them, I don't fall asleep. When I say them verbally, I don't fall asleep. You, don't, you never watch me teaching verbally. No, I, I have to stay awake. Now, some of you do the other, but I get to you once in a while, and I can see you. When I pray, sometimes I discover that my prayers are pretty selfish. Hmm? So I find a way to force myself not to be selfish. It's called acts. And some days I just write it down in my prayer section. A-C-T-S. Adoration. I talk about how good God is. Maybe just a, a sentence. God, you're absolutely incredible. I honor you. Thanks for that I have a relationship with you. Next, confession. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins... He's faithful and just. Oh, I have confessions. That's why it's private. God forgives me. I'm changing. I'm protecting myself. Number three, thanksgiving. Can you think right now of one thing that you're thankful to God for? Hard to limit it to one, isn't it? I mean, if you're breathing, there's something. Because all breath comes from, comes from God. So I write some things, just to remind me. And last, supplications, where I'm praying for other people, people with cancer, needs, situations, problems. Now, one of the things I've discovered from so many people over the last 15 years in this church is that most people, when I put the word Bible in Bible study, you don't have a clue. You came from a church where there was a six-minute sermon. You never brought your Bible You never were asked to turn anywhere in your Bible. You never took notes. Some of you have been in church 40 years, and you don't know anything about this. Now, we're going to look this morning at two situations, and we're going to see how Adam, right here in Genesis, how he journaled. I know Adam didn't have a pencil. He didn't have a notebook. He didn't have paper. In Vieira, he didn't have a computer. I know that. It's okay. But we're going to see how he did journal if he would have had those things. So we're right in Genesis. Let's begin in verse 18. And the Lord God said, this is the first time God ever said this, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. 
So the, the man gave names to all the livestock, birds of the air, the beasts of the field. But notice, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. It's very interesting to me, and I just, I don't remember ever studying this before. Adam didn't know he was lonely. How could he? He's Adam. There's nobody else around. Adam didn't come to earth and go, I'm lonely. Where's my wife? He didn't know he was lonely. But God knew he was lonely. You see, God knew that he had always had a plan for man. Notice now, there's no sin. God's plan was always for a helpmate for Adam because that was going to populate the world. And so what does God do to make Adam aware that he has a need? He says to Adam, I want you to name all these animals. Well, take a look. This would be kind of like it would have been in those days. Adam gets all these animals and they start coming to him. And he notices the lions. And he goes, well, they're like related, but there's a little difference there. And then he looks at the kangaroo and, well, they look alike, but there's a little difference there. And he looks at the ducks and he goes, well, they're hanging together, but there's a little difference there. What does he notice? He notices every animal as he goes, Mr. and Mrs. Lion, Mr. and Mrs. Duck, Mr. and Mrs. Kangaroo. He notices that there's someone like the other one, but a little different. So what does he begin to notice? He sees twos, and how much is Adam? One. He notices God's brought him to the realization that he's lonely. Well, what would he have written the next day in his journal? He'd have got his journal out, and I believe under yesterday, Adam would have written this. God, great day yesterday, seeing all of your creation. Those animals are unbelievably unique. Under the word. See, the word is God speaking to us. It's through the Bible. Well, there wasn't a Bible then. Did God speak to Adam the day before? He gave him a command, then he said what? Name all the animals. So I believe Adam would have said this. God, I did what your word told me to do. I obeyed and named the animals. And actually, it felt good. See, obeying always feels good. Now, how about under prayer? I believe Adam would have written something like this. God, first, thanks for giving me a mind that's creative. I mean, look what Adam just did. Scrabble wasn't even available yet. And all these animals came, and he came up with a name for them. Thousands of them. That's pretty creative. You know what the last part of his prayer was? God, I'm lonely. Would you provide someone to solve my loneliness? Sure, he would have prayed that. That's why God had him name the animals. What does proper alone time with God practically look like? And what benefits come from it? Today, Pastor Mark answered these questions as he taught us about a life-changing discipline in journaling. Your knowledge and understanding of God only increases as you study His Word and communicate with Him. Not only that, but everything in your life is solely dependent on your relationship with Christ. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What are the keys to a successful marriage? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share the five things marriage was designed to be. Most importantly, marriage was designed by God. He saw that Adam was lonely and wanted to give him a suitable helper that was different, yet compatible and equal in value. Do you view and treat your spouse, despite their differences, as compatible and equal to you today? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. See